0: Welcome to News Talks SSE or Tristy League podcast. I am Oshin Langan. He is Daniel Kelly. You can get me on at O'Sheen Langan. You can get him at It's Mr. Daniel. Dundalk's Paddy Barrett talks to us about the need to bounce back against Drogheda this weekend. Of course, they lost to City last weekend. We'll also hear from Sligo Rovers boss Dave Robertson on what he's calling a must win game against Galway United. Not to spoil it though, Dan. He does refer to every game as must win. Yeah,
1: which is a bit disappointing. That when you look at the table, even though we've had, even though Sligo Rovers have had six must win games, they've only won one of them. Dan, it's okay. We don't have to be
0: neutral. We're not <laughs> professionals like the uh, <laughs> LoI lads yeah. or like the '98 lads. We can say we when I'm talking about yeah. Cork City and Sligo Rovers. In your case, so six must win games and only one of them have been won. Okay. this week also, by the way, we remember the great man, Jackie Jameson, who would have turned 60 this week. We hear from the Evening Herald's Aidan Fitzmaurice. Uh, Also, we'll talk to Gino Lawless, who's going to drop into us in studio. He'll tell us what made Jameson a Bose icon and why he's worshipped more than all others. He is the type of player, I think, that's uh, safe to call him a cult hero.
1: Yeah, I think like, that's actually a pretty good he description. Has, like, there's, a, there's a Facebook page dedicated in his memory. I think it's called Jackie Jemison, League of Ireland Legend. So if a player who is, was around 20 years ago, well after the social media age, that has his Facebook page and it's, sort of, it's, it's actually a very good page. There's a lot of League of Ireland history on it, but that's the type of uh, yeah, reverence he has.
0: It's really good. And I have to say, I didn't know too much about... The great man as he's referred to by Bulls fans Until this week I saw someone tweeting that he would have been 60 And then it all kind of fell into place for me I was like yeah actually he is revered by Bulls fans But I never really asked why Um, We will get to that later First though the reason we're out on a Wednesday and not Tuesday this week Is because we wanted to see how Daryl Horgan and Andy Boyle got on on their debuts for Ireland I think it's fair to say pretty well
1: Yeah very much so Uh, Horgan especially I know after the game last night uh, Martin O'Neill name checked a few players And Horgan was the first one that he name checked It's probably easier for Horgan to impress As he's attacking Ireland We're well on top in the second half Uh, Boyle
0: did nothing fancy But he was solid And that's all you need in the centre half Off the ball regular Stewie Byrne Joined Nathan Murphy for commentary First though Let's hear from Horgan On his first game For his country
2: It does look as though It's going to be four door. Magnuson, and it is.
3: Oh, he scores! Into the bottom right-hand corner. It's the Republic of Ireland nil, Iceland 1. And that gets probably the biggest cheer of the night for Daryl Horgan. The pride of the Electricity League, who's made such a brilliant
2: start to life at Preston, comes on for his first ever appearance.
0: Daryl, did you hear the big cheer when your name was called out as you were coming on and did that give you a bit of a boost going on to the pitch or did that make you more nervous if anything no it was brilliant brilliant to hear it you
4: know, obviously it was great uh, obviously a lot of League of Ireland heads in the crowd so I've been playing the league for seven years maybe they you a bit as one of their own obviously I think it's a great boost for the league as well you know the players aren't, aren't far away at all you know myself and Boiler were only playing
0: they are four months ago playing in the league so it's brilliant and this is a great moment for your family as well because they've yeah. kind of travelled the journey with you haven't they yeah for the family for everyone little fellows in the crowd so that was brilliant as well Because of the Ireland match on Tuesday night no League of Ireland segment on off the ball so we've robbed their pundits Dewey Burns We're standing at the Aviva looking out onto the pitch as they're taking the white lines off for the rugby on Saturday that's live on off the ball as well Leinster against Wasps in the Champions Cup Ireland beaten 1-0 by Iceland your thoughts on the game?
3: Yeah it was disappointing really Um Coming out the back of the of the Welsh performance, um, you know, you was expecting some sort of a response, um, a bit more energy about us. Didn't get it. Um, you know, you might look at maybe the the, the amount of changes and the, and the number of new caps and the relative inexperience that's played tonight, and that, that's probably added to the difficulties. But um, you know, it needs to be better. You know, and I imagine Martin and Neil and Mike must be quite disappointed with 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 the outcome. It brings to an end a uh, 15 game unbeaten run here at home. Um, on a positive side But it was great to see Daryl and Andy get on Come on together as well And for Daryl to um, Look really sharp Did some really good things In the game Put in some wonderful deliveries Very very direct um, Looked very confident um, and I think he's going to be To be quite honest If he keeps playing like that And progressing like that I think he's going to be A big player for Ireland In the years to come
0: Are you disappointed He didn't get the start tonight?
3: Um, being biased, yeah, I would yeah, I would be, but um, I suppose himself and Andy have only been in and around the squad now um, um, over the last couple of months and there's players that have been in and around the squad for a number of years now and you look at the likes of Alex Pearson um, and Gleeson as well, so maybe tonight was their opportunity. I think um, the two lads are young enough now, they've got a, they've got a, a big long career ahead of them and um, both in, in England and um, at international level. Um, so, you know, their time will come. I mean, obviously, they've gotten their first cap tonight, but I think I would expect them to kind of develop. And, you know, the good thing is that um, it sort of, I think, anyway, connects um, League of Ireland football with international football when you see uh, those two guys involved, among the others that have played at League of Ireland as well. And then um, it just sort of highlights the, the, the quality that we have here
0: and the thing about Martin O'Neill is, is he's not afraid to put a player into a big game having seen them in just one or two friendlies and Daryl did his chances absolutely no harm tonight I mean he was probably in the top three players out there tonight
3: Yeah I'd agree with that yeah um, Yeah, agree. Martin you know he, he's, he's, he's never afraid to put people in um, at the deep end to, to, to kind of change things up and that's that's good from our point of view, and it's good for those two guys. And it's it's probably the oak or the the um, the prospects for other players possibly coming into the squad. You know, we have looked at the likes of Sean McGuire, maybe at the moment who's gotten off to an absolute flyer at Cork, and um, somebody who I felt needed to kind of stay in the league another year to kind of to, to develop. Um, I'm just delighted to see that he did stay, um, and the way he started this season, he's just literally he looks like he's he's, he's improved again yeah. from from last year. So, um, you know, they're the kind of players that are kind of looking at the um the likes of Daryl and Andy getting into the international setup and um, and I'm sure that that's something that they want to emulate as well.
0: And the good thing about Sean Maguire we saw it at the weekend in Turners Cross he's not just a finisher he's now a supplier as well.
3: Yeah, well um interestingly enough Stephen Bradley um spoke about Sean in the lead up to the game when um, when when Cork played Rovers Talla and he actually made that exact point which I actually tended to disagree with he he pretty much said that everything goes to Sean Maguire and I hadn't seen Cork play up until then, and then um, yeah. <laughs> that actually seems to be the case at the moment. <laughs> he's just yeah. he's uh, he's getting the goals for them. He's becoming the creator of goals. He's um, he's so comfortable playing up front on his own. For such a small guy, he's he uses his body so well, and um, and he's just he's just buzzing and he's just full of confidence. And it's great to see that you know that caliber of player playing week in week out in this league, along with the likes of, you know Patrick Mac- McIlhenney and, and, and others.
0: And just before I let you go, I'm not sure if it'll happen this weekend. We've got. Cork City away to Limerick we've got Galway meeting Sligo in a Western Derby we've got Rovers at home to Finn Harps we've got Pats and Bowls there's one other fixture I just can't think of it now it'll come to me no doubt but do you think there'll be an immediate impact of fans kind of saying hey this league produces good players let's let's get along or how will it work will it be more of a kind of slow building thing
3: um, I wish it was the case. Yeah, you know, I think what Dundalk have done for the league has, has, has really boosted the interest. Um, and certainly, when you see the likes of Daryl and Andy Boyle coming on and, and playing at an international level, I think that can only be a positive. Um,
0: Does it send a good message to guys who are in the league at the moment? I and mean, we're talking about getting fans out, but you've got to give guys who are playing in a competition oh, confidence, yeah. and this will give them confidence because it sends the message: this could be you. Oh,
3: absolutely, yeah. I mean, because you know, th- and that, that's something I felt even when I played. And um, you know, if there was ever. a Sniff of the Ireland manager being at your game, and it did happen very, very rarely back then. You know, you would, you it would give you a little bit of a boost, and I think the players deserve that, and this, the league deserves that. You know, um, it just needs to, you know, it needs to be worked on. It needs to be promoted more. You know, it needs more needs to be done to kind of increase the kind of the scope of the league financially as well. And um, because, you know, I say it again, the, the talent is there. You know, you look, you look at the core of that, of that, of that, of that um, Irish international team and it's all players that have played played in the domestic league.
0: Off the ball regular Stewie Byrne talking to me at the Aviva last night. We borrowed him because the match was on so it meant they didn't get to do their regular League of Ireland chat on off the ball. And quite frankly, I think Stewie is a really excellent analyst.
1: He really is. He uh, suppose he knows the league in Ireland inside out but he also is just very knowledgeable on the game. He knows a lot about the Irish footballers, I know. He's on off the ball a lot during the international games. And I think he's an excellent analyst. And also he's a nice person, which makes him
0: very unlikable. And handsome as well. Yeah, yeah. he's got the whole package. Lovely hair. He has a lot of things we don't. (laughs) He's everything. (laughs) He's literally everything we're not. He even cycled home last night after the game. Did he? Yeah, he did. Uh, He made a great point, by the way, that Horgan was able to put in crosses, whereas McGeady shaped like he was going to, but But couldn't. This is 87 caps later. Tried
1: to beat the man one more time. Yeah. And wasn't able to. But Horgan and Boyle were at Turner's Cross. They weren't at Turner's Cross. They could have been at Turner's Cross, but they weren't at Turner's Cross because they now play for Preston. But Ushi you knew were...
0: I was, I I will go to the places that Horgan and Boyle no longer can Uh, City six points clear following their 2-1 win at home to Dundalk in front of a packed cross last Saturday Everything about the occasion was great It was live on TV, it was the two best teams in the league over the last couple of years And it was just a really, really, really nice day Now Sean Maguire played extremely well, Carl Shepard took his goals well But ultimately... City punished Dundalk defensive mistakes. Paddy Barrett is in the centre of that defence with Brian and They weren't necessarily at fault but I asked him why they made such bad mistakes collectively at the back and how they intend to react for the derby with Drogheda this weekend. Like obviously we look back at it and
5: uh, we look back at it during the week and try to get things right you know. Um, it's just probably like a couple of you know silly mistakes from us. We say obviously getting ca- caught from our own corner you know and Massey probably misjudging the ball, you know, or whatever it was, you know. But we look back on that during the week and uh, hopefully we uh, rectify that and get get ready for the
0: draw the next week. Do you talk about these kind of games? As a group afterwards, or is it just a very stephen led thing? He goes through things and said, "Right, lads, this is what we need to do better because you're not that far off. It's just little things have gone wrong. You think of the the dairy game and now this game." Yeah, like
5: you know, not far off. You know, we've we've won we've won three leagues in a row. You know, so I don't think we're we're. I just off. mean, we're as off.
0: in this, the, your current form. I oh, mean, just course, the start
5: you know, of the season. Uh, it's just obviously a couple of silly goals we've gone away, um, but I think like we're playing quite well. You know, but. Uh, Obviously, we need to cut out silly mistakes and not conceding as many goals as we have, you know, and probably put probably put their defences under a bit more pressure, you know, because I think probably their defence was kind of happy enough um, how they played tonight, you know. But it's uh, yeah, it's very
0: disappointing. But uh, hopefully, we can get things right and on the training ground for next week. Sometimes it can be tougher when you have a lot of possession. City seemed okay with giving you the ball and sitting back and saying, right, you come on to us. How tough is that as a visiting team?
5: Yeah, you know, um, obviously when we're at home, you know, people, the teams sit off, and we need to try break them down, you know, and uh, we've been doing that um, as of late, you know. But when you come away from home, you don't expect probably as much much of the ball as, you, as we had th- had today, you know. Uh, but I thought we we played quite well, to be honest with you, you know. And um, I thought we th- we did enough in the second half to clinch the draw, as I said but it's, it's, it's very disappointing not to not to come away
0: here with that. Paddy Barrett, Dundalk defender there. They play Drogheda this weekend in the Laudel Classico. City go to Limerick on Friday night for a Munster derby. Defender Ryan Delaney should continue his Riggs-Murtaugh-style relationship with fellow central defender Alan Bennett, who actually was excellent at the weekend again. I spoke to the Wexford man who's on loan from league side, Burton, about how he's finding life at City and what his future plans are. But first we talk about Cork being happy to let Dundalk... Have an awful lot of the ball Last week It never really seemed to bother them That for long periods They didn't hold possession
4: they're, they're very good on the ball But we know ourselves that We sit back Stay compact, And we know that we're good enough On the counter-attack That we can break any team down And we can make chances against No matter who it is We don't always have to have the ball Some games we're going to have the ball But today was an example Where we're good even When we don't have the ball and Talk to
0: me about yourself From New Ralston County Wexford Another one of the Wexford contingent here Along with uh, Kevin O'Connor And one or two others as well Um. Right, Bulger's is a Wexford man as well, of course, isn't he? He didn't play today, but you're on loan from Burton. Obviously, you're here to pick up first-team experience, and what an experience it is so far.
4: Yeah, it's a great experience for me. When uh, John contacted me, I was very happy, and he uh, said that he was happy to have me on board. So it was the main thing for me was to come, get some first-team football, and with Cork City, it was a great, great opportunity for me to come over. European football, everything in the club is so professional. No matter what, the great standard and trained players here. Very good quality, so it was, it was a good move for me, I thought.
0: What were the aims when you came here? Was it just to get that first-team experience that you wouldn't get in Burton? Yeah, you'd get the training and you'd learn a lot there, but nothing beats playing.
4: Yeah, nothing beats playing. When you're young, you just got to play as many games as possible. The more games you play, the more you learn. Sometimes you will make mistakes, but you're young, you just got to learn from them. So the main thing is just to get as much minutes in as possible and get that winning feeling. Yeah, the main thing for me really is i just taking it game by game, trying to get as much minutes in as possible, and hopefully every week I'm improving that bit more, that next season or whenever I go back to Burton at the time, that I'll be able to step up and play and maybe go over a better player than I was.
0: And when you're over here on loan, do you keep in contact with the home club, with someone from there, um, does the conversation kind of continue? How does it work? Um,
4: yeah, the, um, the staff over in Burton and Nigel Clough, the manager gives John a call, Every couple of weeks, just to see how I'm getting on. So it's not too much for me. I can just concentrate on my football. It just goes more from the managerial side.
0: And that kind of keeps you honest, doesn't it? When you know Nigel's watching, I guess it's a boost as well when you know they're they're looking at you, making sure that you're doing what you need to do.
4: Yeah, um, it's it's a good. It's good to know that they're uh, keeping in contact and just making sure that I am getting the, the playing time and improving like uh, I hope to do.
0: What is it, Wexford? They're producing quite an amount of footballers at the moment. Kevin Doyle kind of started it all off, didn't he?
4: Yeah, Kevin uh, started off back at Wexford under Mick Wallace and uh, he's very good friends with Mick and Mick will keep in good contact with me. So yeah, Kevin's a good role model I have.
0: Ryan Delaney there of Burton Albion currently on loan at Cork City. Owen O'Connell last year, well he was going to go back to Celtic at some stage anyway but he ended his time early at City due to injury. And it was a bit of a loss for City, even though they had Kenny Brown and Alan Bennett. This year, they're a bit d- deeper in all positions, as we saw last weekend. When, Like, you had the likes of Greg Bulger in the stand. Yeah. And you still put in a winning performance against Dundalk. There is it the, says an awful lot about your squad. That's probably been the
1: issue with Cork in the last two seasons, that they had a starting 11 to... Matched on dock, but then when injuries come in and suspensions, that's where they fell back a bit. But this year, as you said, there's by far a deeper, uh, there's by far a deeper squad, and they've made the excellent start. But by making the excellent start, doesn't guarantee them the league title, though, Shane.
0: Why is that, Dan? It's it's almost like you're preparing to tell me
1: a stat. I certainly am preparing to tell you a stat. Uh, I've mentioned uh, this brilliant account uh, a few weeks ago. We'll I'll do it again. Carl Riley has the history LOI Twitter account. Every team that has won their first six Premier Division games or more which is Derry in 91-92, Cork in 98-99 uh, and Slugger Rovers in 2013, did not win the league title
0: that season. Wow, so Carl Riley isn't getting carried away and neither is ex-Cork City captain and former Shamrock Rovers defender Dan Murray. Six games, six wins. Dan gives us his thoughts.
6: Yeah, to, to, to be honest, I don't think there's much between the teams. To be, to be honest, I think uh, Dundalk are definitely going to get better as the season goes on with all the new players that they've gotten in... Sort of trying to play a different way, but I think the big difference between the two teams is Sean Maguire, to be honest. I think he was, if you've got him in your, in your team, I think you've got a great chance. I know he didn't score, but the two goals were big down to him, holding the ball up, moving their defenders. And uh, that, that was a difference, I think, on the day was with Shawnee, really. I guess if
0: you're City, you've got to prepare to lose him at some stage, but look, that's not going to happen immediately. Um, what about... The fact that they looked a bit nervous towards the end though. Cork couldn't keep the ball, couldn't play the possession, looked like they could easily have conceded an equaliser even though Dundalk were down to 10 men at that stage. What do you put that down to and does that worry you? Uh, I it's just the, the, the way
6: the game is. I mean, I think this is the, the two best teams in the country trying to get a win out of it. I don't think it really matters which way to go and I think uh, Dundalk would just hit it. We're, we're the better team I think second half especially and uh, like I said they put Cork under pressure but I think uh, I think they scored a good goal, but I don't think they really had too many other clear-cut chances that you say they 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 could have they could have scored. But it's something that John can work on. I think he's still still finding his best uh, 11 players, to be honest. I think it's definitely a lot to work on. I think keeping the ball a lot more yeah. would, would help him massively. But I think that's uh, that's something to work on. To see. I think like I, I watched him against Shamrock Rovers last weekend and they won but they were awful uh, they've improved this week and they they're improving this week they top of the league for a reason because they're doing everything properly at the
0: minute that's an interesting point you make where were they awful against Rovers and where did they improve did they improve under things they were bad at oh yeah definitely I think uh, like I say I think uh,
6: the, the moving of uh, Connor McCormack from right back to centre midfield definitely made made a big difference I think he sort of he looked after the back four a lot better than it was against uh, Shamrock Rovers. I think uh, right back's a problem position for him at the minute. I think they need to, they need to get John Cav back fit, as, fit quickly or find someone who's going to be able to play that right back position on a regular basis. And like I said, I think the difference against Shamrock Rovers was Shawnee McGuire again. So I tell you, I'd be wrapping up him, him up in Cotton, Cottonwall every, every week at the minute. Are City going to win the league? I'd like to think so. <laughs> That's not an answer. Uh, well, it's, it's the best chances they got. As when, it, like, I think we, a lot could change in the next. Like I say, if Shawny McGuire stays for the whole season. I think, I think they, they're definitely favourites from this
7: point. I think Lee Lynch playing Ian Turner in down the right now. Cross for Turner, and it's Tassi, and it's in. Get in. Limerick equalise in the 72nd minute.
1: You're listening to Newstalk's SSE or Tricia League podcast and that there was Dan Murray who was speaking to Oisin after Cork's 2-1 win over Dundalk at the weekend. And Oisin, I think it's fair to call him now a friend of the podcast? He's a friend of mine, I'm not sure he's cracked about you. I've only met him once, but he did seem lovely at that point. I think it was after the European game last year when we went down. I told him him that you were delicate and that he was to be nice to you. Well, that's that's very understandable. Cork now are away to Limerick uh, this weekend after Limerick had a 1-0 win uh, against Bray at the weekend in the commentary you heard there of the back of Dan was from Alan O'Brien of Limerick and he provides an excellent service uh, each week and he uh, puts up his link on Twitter that's Alan OB 2112 Alan OB 2112 and that's yeah. where I got the
0: commentary from Yeah it does the commentary on um, what's the name of it, Mixler that commentary obviously wasn't from the Bray game because I did listen to that and there was very few Limerick people there and if there was any Limerick people there they were sitting away from them so I yes. said I threw up the commentary of the goal against Finn Harps from the market field uh, the markets field Marketsfield yeah, There we go Yeah it's it's like uh, The sports ground It's yes. not the sports grounds It's the sports ground Anyway I dropped the commentary From the home game Because there was more atmosphere And you can expect more Of that atmosphere This week A massive Massive travelling support Going up from Cork To Limerick for that game On Friday night Now St. Pats St. Pats set themselves Up nicely for a, a clash With Bowles this Friday Picking up a first win Of the season Last weekend Against Shamrock Rovers First team coach And ex-Saints Right back Ger O'Brien Told the club's Twitter account via a video they posted on their Twitter that the squad's hard work finally is paying off. Yeah, listen, it's been a difficult start
4: for us. You know, we haven't performed to where where we know we should be. Um, And when you find yourself kind of bottom of the table after five games, there's no hiding place. You know, you have to stand up and be counted. That's the message that we've been passing to the players. Um, And in fairness, it's a really, really good group. They've taken it on themselves, and they they know what needs to be better and results you know that we just need to start picking up points quick yes it was a big game for us and uh, not just because of our league position but it was a big game mentally for us so we could uh we could get that force win against a team that we feel that you know would we'll probably feel that they should be up challenging for the league so
5: for us really Go good performance
1: but that brings me back To the 1990s it was an absolutely Awful awful movie
0: Yeah 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 Great song though
1: West Yeah Smith yeah yeah Produced a really Wild, good Wild movie uh,
0: Speaking of the Wild Wild West Bottom side Galway United Hosts Sligo Rovers In a Western Derby On Friday At Eamon DC Park Could we call this The relegational Classica No we can't Not this early in That's the season fine. Uh Galway didn't play Last weekend They were due to meet Derry of course however they did enjoy a 2-0 win over the Mayo League in the EA Sports Cup during the week Sligo lost 2-1 away to Finn Harps last weekend in the North West Derby and afterwards manager Dave Robertson had this interesting chat with Jessica Farry.
2: I know you're always quick to praise your players no matter what the circumstances but was that performance good enough?
8: Uh, I felt I felt in terms of in terms of our performance our performance was was relevant to, to the pitch, the conditions. We was disciplined. We was committed. We, we, we spoke about being patient. We didn't have to chase the game because of. Um, if we did chase the game. Then um, they're a classic counter attack team. So um, I felt in terms of all of that, we got everything. We got everything right on the night. Um, the one thing is we've got to deal. We've got to deal with the set the set piece better and. Um, bottom line is it's a, if it is a penalty it's a mistake and uh, we need to eliminate them out of our game.
2: What precisely do you think you need to work on now?
8: What do we need to work on? We need to um, continue to improve on um, the areas that we've seen big improvements on, our attacking and play um, and we need to make sure that we have a defensive resilience because there's nothing wrong with our defensive shape. The defensive shape has been good um, but it's in those key moments when we have one, two, three chances to, to clear the first one and we don't um, and they score and, uh, and we make mistakes where uh, we're not in the right position to be able to defend crosses.
2: Does this make Galway a must win game now?
8: Every game's a
0: must win game. Dave Robertson speaking to Jessica Farry. what's up with Sligo Dan? Think of an answer, think of an answer, cough,
1: I'm not sure. I honestly have no idea what's up. Robertson is playing the... It was very similar to last season. He had the excuse of he had come in and the team... He didn't know the team. yeah. So he was given a lot of time. But this season he came in and he sounded very confident. I spoke to him at the, at the league launch and he said that last year we had a slow start. We won't have it this year. I honestly think he still doesn't know what his best 11 is. And he's playing some players out of position. He's playing players that Manny feels should be starting. Uh, he's not playing them at all, they're starting on the bench. Uh, defence, uh, not defence, discipline again has been an issue this year. There's a lot of red cards last year and that has started again uh, this season. And to be fair, I think the fans are getting on his back pretty quickly, which isn't helping him either.
0: Yeah, he could do with the win or a result of some kind See, away the, against Galway the, this Friday night. The
1: game against Bray was pleasantly surprise, uh, surprising because Bray had done very well up to that point. They've lost two games in a row now since then. But, Many people going to the showgrounds that night were not expecting a win. To get the win was excellent. Then to go up to Finn Harps local derby. In fairness to Finn Harps, I think Sligo Rovers should be finishing higher than them in the table, and they are one up with twenty minutes to go. And they can see the last minute penalty. The goal uh, penalty is saved. Rebound is put in, and they lose. And it's just. Everything that could be going wrong is going wrong, I feel, at the minute. And I think with especially three teams going down this season, it's making the relegation battle far more intriguing, but it's also going to put a lot of pressure on a lot of clubs to change things quickly
0: if it's not working out for their own clubs. That's true. I do like Dave Robertson. I hope it works out for I him. I do too. And it's Any- not always a manager's fault if things are going wrong.
1: Any time I've met him, I found him very approachable, very easy to talk to, very easy to work with and actually very likeable. Yep. But results speak for themselves. And so far, there's
0: very little to write home about for Saga Rovers. And Dan mentioned Bray there, I'm aware we haven't done a whole pile on Bray so far this season. We have spoken to Harry Kenny, but we're going to do something on them next week. Also, we're going to hear more from St. Pat's coach Joe O'Brien, former St. Pat's defender of course. And uh, now he's the first team coach, we heard a little bit from him earlier on. But we want to talk to him about him and we want to talk to him about his new role and how he's finding the kind of transition from being a player to being a coach. It's an entirely new type of pressure. Now, let's talk about Jackie Jemison. 303 appearances For Bohemians Between 1981 And 1990 Scoring 103 goals Which is not bad For someone who wasn't Technically an Out and out striker Just under 1 and 3 If you had a Goal every 3 games Over such a long period As that I think you'd be Pretty happy with your return The thing about him is He never won anything So in that sense He's not a legend That's not to disparage him By the way This is just a clarification Got to two cup finals With Bowles Unfortunately for him Lost them both But He has a kind of a a legend status, a cult status, an iconic status. And it was only this week I saw a tweet from someone Bowles related or possibly the club themselves that said he would have been 60 this week. He passed away in 2002, just gone way before his time. We lost him too early. But I also kind of got thinking about this as I was reading more about him in the build up. To talking to Aidan Fitzmaurice, who we'll hear from in a moment, and also his ex teammate, Gino Lawless. I thought to myself, how the hell have we been doing this podcast for over a year and we've never done anything on him? Yeah. And he's such an icon. Well, I got very curious about this during the week, so I decided to have a chat with Evening Herald writer Aidan Fitzmaurice, who makes no secret of the fact that Jameson was one of his heroes in the 80s and kind of still very much is. We'll also hear from Gino Lawless, who was a teammate of Jemison, But first this is a clip from 2002. It's in around the time that Jackie passed away. Uh, TV3 had live rights for what was the then Aircom League and Des Curran was joined by Damian Richardson for a Bulls Shelbourne match and uh, beforehand there was uh, a minute silence to remember a man who Bulls fans call the great man
1: silence which is going to be observed
0: for the recently departed jackie jemison a bohemians great who will be truly missed by all league of ireland supporters yes indeed i mean jackie would have reveled in the, the conditions and the
4: circumstances of tonight's game He was a wonderful crowd pleaser a beautiful player and uh, he will be missed he'll be missed as an individual and uh, you, you don't come across too many jackie jemison too often
0: unfortunately and we're about to talk to gino lawless about his old teammate jackie jameson but i came across an article of yours on the bohemians website i think it was basically saying that you know he was your hero growing up and at a time in Dublin weren't, there weren't too many heroes there wasn't too many things to be too positive about he really stood out he was a shining light Jackie James and try and try and give us a picture to those of us who to those of us who weren't around then try and give us some picture of Jackie James uh,
7: most people talk about his hair they describe him as, as balding although he was actually bald he wasn't balding prematurely lost his hair but that kind of made him stand out to some people just that you know physically striking because he was a young bald bald a young man but I just think his well stood really was his his way of playing. He was so much of League of Ireland at the time. League of Ireland at the time was like, you know, 442, you know, big centre halves, big centre forwards battling it out. Matches were on Sunday afternoons, it was pre-Friday nights, pre-all of that stuff. And Jackie was just he was like somebody from another era. It's just such a pity that in today's era there'd be so much available now, so much footage. Mm. There'd be fans would have their own clips, there'd be YouTube clips, there'd be recordings, there's very little little recordings. Uh, probably his finest era was was Bows against Rangers in in the UEFA Cup in 1984, and there's very little footage of that left. There's only a couple of minutes left, so it just was it was a different different era, and just his, his sheer class. And in another in another country, in a in a Holland or in a Belgium or in France, he would have been revered. But because the League of Ireland was at such a low web when he was playing. Nobody cared. He played in front of 800,000, 1,200 people for Bowes every week. Uh, Bowes fans knew him. Other fans, he big hero. Pats, he played for some Pat's before he went to Bowes. He was a hero to those. But to me, he should have been a national icon. But really. Only a couple of thousand people knew who he was. He was a strange position. I mean, he, he wasn't a an out and out striker, he wasn't a number ten. He was just one of those players that was very hard to define. And I think for the Bose team at the time, a lot of the game was just give it to Jackie. And it wasn't a case like a big like an El Quince type, type striker where I'd get the ball up to him and he'd knock it down, make something happen, just give it to him. Because he'd dribble, he'd go at people, and famously, I mean, John McClelland and that, that, that battle with with Rangers in eighty-four. John McClendon was a huge player in British football at the time. I'm very really sure he was in international. Jackie just destroyed him, you know. Um, and um, it, it was just that kind of style, just ball playing, gifted. And again, the pitches at the time wouldn't have lent to it, you know. He would have been, pitch at Dediment would have been okay. Pitch at Milltown was great, but... You know, Richmond Park and Terryland Park and all these places it would have been terrible pitches, and it just didn't didn't suit somebody of his 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 era. But it really was just ball playing and, and get the ball down, try and make things happen, and, and dribble at people. which you don't really see centre forwards doing now. Centre forwards don't dribble at people, they don't go at people. Robbie Keane might have done in the box, get the ball a few yards outside the box. The box. Jackie would have done that 10, 15, 20 yards outside the box and tried and dribble and either play somebody else in or have a go himself. But uh, he was good in the air. He, he just uh, a real all all rounder and just natural natural talent
0: it's kind of strange I think everyone knows of him even people who don't really follow the league week to week even non-hardcore people I was trying to explain to my other half we were doing this piece about Jackie Jameson i kind of got a bit excited about it the more I read about him given his talent and she said oh yeah yeah because when you watch games you see the flags and you see his image on the flags he's become kind of iconic now balls have had many legends they've had many fine players down the years what is it about Jackie that
7: stood out why is he still kind of revered by the fans I think it, it's, the stories passed on as I said because so little uh, pe- people like him our kids have grown up hearing about him who never saw him play and it was just a different if that had been a different year there would been so so much uh, of him of him available i think one of the tragedies but maybe one of the attractions is just his whole career that he didn't didn't win i think jackie got any medals he was never yeah. capped he never got to move abroad it was a career unfulfilled, and yet he's so worshipped by. You. There are both players who won league medals, who won doubles, who played in Europe, who scored in Europe, who won caps, but don't mean as much to Bose fans as Jackie. I'm sure if you asked, even you know people who mightn't seen him play, they might have seen him very when they were small kids, but they would nearly all say, I think that was part of the attraction that it was just such a maybe you know it's a, a little bit of a not not a not a guilty pleasure, a secret pleasure that that if he had got capped, you know maybe more people would have heard about him. Just he was our little secret really, and. League of Ireland people, no, nobody could nobody could hate yeah. him. You know, a similar thing with certain players like that that, you know, particularly the Bose Rovers rivalry, you, you would dislike people and players moved and they left and a lot of Bowls players went to Rovers. There was a loyalty there that Jackie stayed. And one of the remarkable things was when, when he finished playing, that was it, he was finished. He was really never seen again. He didn't play for anybody else. Mm-hmm. There were stories that he might have gone to Newbridge town, I think a bit after finishing Bowls, but there's no real record of that. I think he just he just finished. So, you know, maybe that's why he's untarnished with Bowls fans. Yes, he he didn't win any medals. He was at that Bowls team that was just always finishing up to yeah. you know p- twice beaten in the, in the cup final beaten runner-up to, to Rovers so many times a couple of good good performances in Europe Drew at Aberdeen Drew at Dundee United beat Rangers they're probably the highlights no medals but in terms of the memory um, maybe just that, that was it that, that, that that's why the appreciation that he gave so much and got so little himself he no medals but, but he certainly had the affections of, of Bohemians fans and just a really really shy guy from what I can gather yeah, I mean, they say never meet. I'd hear, I had two heroes as a kid growing up in Dublin: Frank Stapleton and, and Jackie Jemison. And uh, I've got to know Frank or meet Frank through work and interview him. And I never spoke to Jackie, never met him. But he, so I can't claim to know him. But but even players who, who knew him, that he, he was just. Odd character. He'd turn up for matches on his bike and cycle away. There was a big thing at the time, in the League of Ireland, where matches on Sunday afternoons and players were going. A lot of players were going the lash and they'd end up in, in rumours in O'Connell Street that night. And Jackie wasn't a drinker. He he worked in, in I think he was a psychiatric nurse in Grange Gorman Hospital. He was just a quiet fella. He wasn't one for drinking but players loved him, you know. And you speak to people like Rocky O'Brien, you're going to talk to Gino Dermot O'Neill, people like that. They just had such affection for him. He wasn't really he wasn't one of the lads. He wouldn't have been a drinker but they just had such affection for him he was just so, so quiet and, and maybe he was trying to find a place in the world that was his expression that uh, as I said he, he I wonder if they if he'd been lived long enough to have a reunion of one of his teams yeah. a reunion of that maybe the team the big Rangers would Jackie have even gone because it wasn't his scene to be lauded and people talk about something he'd done 20 years earlier that maybe he just did his thing and that was it he walked off and he was satisfied in himself I'm, I'm just I just think in another era if he'd, if he'd gone to play in Holland or somewhere like that I think he could have been you know yeah. Somebody like. he was given the chance to do that but he just didn't want to leave Dublin yeah there was a story that, that uh, Harlem came over there was a tradition at the time in the league where quite a lot of, of League of Ireland players went to they went to Holland went to Spain uh, that a Dutch club I think it was Harlem had come over to see him watched him pose it against Galway I think Jackie scored two or three and straight away they wanted to sign him and Jackie just wouldn't go It was I think it would have been mid-80s you know Cecil so had a good couple of years left I think it was about maybe 85 he played up till 90 but um, he just felt Gone abroad it wasn't for him Dublin was his thing he was a lad from Cherry Orchard he worked in Dublin Bose, that was his life and maybe he, he couldn't have didn't, didn't want that so supposedly they signed Paul McGee instead and yeah. Paul McGee went on to have a fairly good career former international but uh, that was just his thing maybe he was just a dub and, and Dublin was his, his, his world Bose was his world and, and uh, it's just a pity that, that so few so few knew about him but those who knew about him those who watched him including myself as a kid growing up watching Bohemians I just worshipped him We've got Gino obviously talking about his his
0: late friend Jackie Jameson, so... He wasn't bad either, was he? You better say something nice about him as well. Yeah,
7: you know, Gino was. Dear, Gino, different player again. Gino, some Bowls fans, you know, in fact, Gino and Dermot were two players. They were Bose heroes who moved on. They, they took the shilling and moved on to other clubs. <laughs> they'd argued they got medals out of it. So that's probably the. the maybe the, they'd lose brownie points from Bose fans for the fact that they, they left. But, you know, Gino, a huge servant. And, um, you know, particularly the, the, the song that's still sung about the, uh, the, the game against Rangers, it's too rude to sing on air. But, uh, you know, the, when the Bowls beat Rangers in September 84, it was uh, Rocky Ryan scored one, Gino scored the other. So. Uh, Gino will, will always be remembered for uh, for the gold against Rangers yeah Gino had good times at Bowes and you know frustrated Bowes at the time they were just that, that kind of club where they just a constant drain of players to, to other clubs particularly to, to Shamrock Rovers later on then a lot of those players went to, to Derry and moved on won caps won things but uh, Gino yeah, Gino still if, I suppose again Gino didn't win, win anything at Bowes but um uh, Rangers in 84. That's something that uh, you know Gino often says. You know when Gino was taxing, I don't know if he still is, but people would often come up and uh, say, "Oh, you're Gino Lawless. I heard about you scoring that goal against Rangers. So maybe Gino will want to tell the story again about the, the goal he scored against Rangers."
0: Five minutes into the second
2: half, captain Gino Lawless ran at the Rangers defence and let fly from 20 yards, giving Nicky Walker in goal no chance. Typical of Bohemian spirit on this great night for League of Ireland soccer, they broke swiftly. Jackie Jameson, as usual, was involved, and Larry Wise's pass created the opening. Although this chance came to nothing, Jameson never stopped running. He eventually tackled Rangers left-back Alistair Dawson, and it was this hunger for the ball which saw Bohemians to a famous victory. Jameson nearly made it four with this great run and shot in the 64th minute, this time showing his skill down the left. Rangers twin strikers Sandy
0: Clark and Ali McCoyst
2: were replaced, a tribute to the Bohemians' defence.
6: Jubilation
0: then for David Rocky O'Brien and Gino Lawless, goal-scoring heroes on a night when the entire Bohemians team was outstanding. One of the stars of that night, Gino Lawless, is with us. First of all, Gino, before we talk about the great man, what did you think of Aidan Fitzmaurice saying you took the shilling to move on? (laughs) I think I was the
2: lowest paid footballer at Bowes when I left at the time. I never left for money, I never played for money I never will play for money, I always played for the love of the game And that was very much the case with Jackie as well Because he Absolutely. must have had the opportunity Absolutely. to leave several Jackie times Jackie have went anywhere and everywhere if he wanted it But you know, Jackie, when you look back now afterwards You can see more of who Jackie was than when you were playing with him Because playing with him, all you've seen was the footballer But looking back now after his life, you can see that He was very much into himself He's very much just a Bose man, became a Bose not just a legend, but I think he sort of found a family in Bose that he latched onto and was very, very comfortable with it. I mean so Jackie was offered numerous, you know, other teams and money and everything else, but he found something in Bose that he liked and, you know, I only found out later on that he actually loved it. Not um, just liked it. He actually loved it.
0: what was the difference between Bows and other clubs because he had been at St. Pat's and I think he might have even won a that's cup for them was with just Saint before I think he I he
2: started with Rovers at the time and um, I don't think Giles thought he was you know he didn't put him into the team as often as he probably should have but then Pat's took him on and that's when he started to develop himself as a as a prolific goal scorer and player wise and stuff like that and then we were very fortunate to get him because we had lost Torlach O'Connor who would have been one of the top goal scorers each year And I think when Jackie came to us, he was probably the leading goal scorer for maybe four or five seasons in a row with us, you know, and uh, it wasn't just, it was the bunch of players that were around them, Barry Murphy, Rocky O'Brien, Alan O'Neill, all these sort of players that were around them at the time that made that team a very special team, you know, and they were very, very comfortable with each other, crack was very good all the time with each other, and like that again, Jackie just fell into it and he was comfortable with it, and you know, when I realised afterwards that he was that sort of a player, a person that needed that sort of family environment around them, then
0: you know, and
2: that's why he played for.
0: And it's funny; every time you hear someone talk about Jackie, they say he was a quiet fella. Oh, absolutely! Wasn't into getting any headlines for himself. Absolutely. Didn't want the kind of trappings of no. what being good at football brings. He wasn't after money. Did you get the sense, you know, that? he Did actually enjoy it or was it just oh, something he, he was he good abso- at? I mean, he
2: absolutely loved it, yeah. He absolutely loved it, loved training, loved the crack that he had in training. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, say, I don't think he, I don't ever remember Jackie doing interviews, you know. I think he was he was that sort of shy of a player, like, if you asked him to do an interview, he wouldn't do it. I mean, say, Jim McLaughlin had picked him for numerous interleague teams and never turned up for any of them now, you know, and that's just the way he never drove a car. He, I don't think he even had a girlfriend. You know, he was just football, 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 and that's what he dedicated his life to. Was he,
1: was he a simple person in a way that it was everything? It was just oh. football. It was just football uh, for him. Nothing else mattered. No yeah. trappings. Well, I'm sure it's probably his job. He was a male nurse
2: at the time, so I'm sure his job was yeah. was big to him as well. But Jackie cycled everywhere. He never, you know, buses were. Bear to him and all he was
1: that. he was just focused was just on focused his work and the He's game. Really,
2: yeah, he was a very strange individual. When you when you look back now, you see how how different he was. Yeah, but when yeah. you're with him and it's all football, you don't see any any difference then, you know. And um yeah, it was sad very sad to hear the way it um he finished up with, with Jackie.
0: Did did he kind of like the anonymity of the dressing room, whereby he could go in, and he could play his football, but he didn't really have to, to deal with people per se.
2: Um he could, deal with, he could deal with people But yeah. he it, Like he wasn't this person That wouldn't talk to anybody Or anything like that He came in and he had as much fun As anybody else He had a very dry sense of humour And stuff like that You know But um, No he, he was No Jackie was just Jackie To
0: us yeah. like you know It's very hard to describe him As anything else like You know yeah. And what do you think Of all this kind of Searching for who Jackie Jameson was Do you have a bit of a giggle at that And do you think, think He might have as well Because we're obsessed with footballers and their character now, we're obsessed with yeah. getting to know them and we, we tend to know everything about them and obviously with social media they can put out a perception of themselves. So we're trying to, to fill the, the void of information. Yeah. What what do you make of that retrospectively?
2: Well unfortunately like as um, as Aidan was saying in a couple of clips, there's very little footage of what was going on back then. I mean say if that was nowadays you would have, you know, a great build up to that game, the whole match on the television. Well you got was Maybe two minutes, I think, yeah. on RTE in the archives. And that's that's all that shows of, of that. There might be one or two little uh, games along the way that Jackie might be appearing in. But I don't think there's that much footage of League of Ireland back then.
0: We all, I think, work with people who are quiet and who don't give too much away. We don't know anything about them. Yeah. If they left the job in the morning, we'd possibly never see them again. Yeah, yeah. Did any of you ever try and befriend Jackie outside of football? Did any of you... Oh, yeah. I mean, so Barry Murphy would have been the
2: closest, probably, friend to... Uh, to Jackie, you know they got on really well because they came from Pats, and you know yeah. they had a they had a little bit of special relationship in in regards to playing as well because Barry as a centre half, his out ball was always to Jackie, and he always knew that once he got it he could give it to Jackie and you know vice yeah. versa Jackie knew if Barry had the ball he was nearly going to hit him with the ball yeah. you know and and they got on they got on well but like that again now I wouldn't say. Jackie was ever in Barry's house. I wouldn't say Barry was ever in Jackie's house, and it was just we played, we went training, and we went home, and, and that was it. There was no social end of it, really. You know, there might have been a Christmas party, and I think Jackie only would have counted maybe one of them as well. And would he have talked or would he have? Oh, he would have talked. No, he yeah. wouldn't have drank or anything like that, you know. But he would have would have talked. He would have had a bit of a laugh. But like that again, he would have went went home.
1: When we're listening there to Aidan, and he mentioned that Jackie. Uh, I suppose one of the things that made him stand out from the crowd was the fact that he was going bald and then you said that you thought it was around the early twenties, twenty-four, oh, twenty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that add in a way to the mystique of the player because he didn't look like anyone else on the pitch? It didn't oh, matter well, it didn't matter if you're in the back of the stand or in the front of the Daily yeah. Mount, Obviously, Jackie was Jackie. Once Jackie walked onto the pitch you looked and you seen,
2: God, this guy's bald. Now everyone's bald, but yeah. back then but, nobody was bald, you know. Yeah. So, you know, first probably look out and then everyone thought, God, he's real old. You know, but suddenly when you actually got up close to Jackie and looked at his features and all the rest, of that he was quite a young, a young man, which he was. He was only twenty four or something, playing like you know at the early stages. But uh, yeah, he was tall. He was a he was a big fella, and um, yeah, fantastic footballer. Fantastic I, I, footballer.
0: I've been going to Bulls games on and off over the years, and I've seen the flags and I've yeah seen the great man yeah. banners and signs, and fantastic. because of the bowling head I always assumed it was a player from the 50s and 60s that they were referring to I never really looked back because I only really started watching League of Ireland at the end of the 90s Bobby yeah.
1: Charlton-esque with the hair flopping in the 1960s that's I it so yeah.
0: it's only, yeah,
2: it's only again, probably Bobby Charlton would have been that, that old either yeah, true,
0: yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean so it's only this week when I saw a tweet from someone involved with Bowles or possibly the club themselves saying Jackie would have been 60 I think it was last Monday Yeah. I was like wow he was actually a lot younger than I thought Yeah. and he is an icon and I thought why have I never why have I never asked why why have we never done a piece on this so I'm glad that we've got a former teammate in to chat about Jackie and we've talked about his personality because I think that's as fascinating as his football but what about his football what like he was a dribbler he could attack but can you give us an insight into what actually made him so good because there was a lot of good footballers came through bowls, but well, he seems well, to stand think, out
2: as well as be behind a bit of shyness that he had he was very confident in his own ability yeah. at, at that time. And that was a huge thing among League of Ireland players. Because we weren't as confident as we probably should have been, as they are now, and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, Jackie was sort of a player that was you could give the ball to, and he wasn't afraid to try anything. And if he came up against somebody, he would try and beat him. You know, there's no doubt about it. If Jackie got the ball, he wasn't looking to pass it to someone. The first thing Jackie would do is, can I get by this guy and stick it in the. In the net, yeah. and that's the way he was. And it was a great, it was absolutely fantastic that you could just hit balls up to him. He fantastic control, one touch of you know, of a ball yeah. coming up to him, no matter chest, the knee, toy anywhere. I mean, said, you goals he would have scored on the volley was just incredible, which you don't see anymore in football.
0: And was he just naturally you know? talented? Oh, or did he was unbelievably no, hard. Where no, did it come
2: Jack, from? The, Jackie's ability was totally 100% natural. Yeah, totally 100% natural he was uh, he wasn't the quickest fellow in the world he trained but you know what I mean he wouldn't have been the hardest trainer in the world didn't need to be he didn't need to be he had the skill that we all aspired to have and it took us years to get there and you know it yeah. just came natural to Jack and uh,
0: was that frustrating as his teammates because you know no, he no, had all this no, talent but he didn't want any of the, no, the fringe stuff he the didn't t-
2: want to be a superstar in the team unfortunately you need different talents you know yeah. you need work which probably I was you need you know, good centre halves you need all different stuff to make up a good
1: team we've heard uh, one word that always comes out of Eamon Dunphy's mouth when he's speaking about footballers nowadays is the street footballer that yeah. Ireland doesn't Ireland don't have these players yeah. anymore maybe Wes Hoolahan would have been the last one of the current era yeah. in inner city Dublin when Jackie is playing when he's growing up learning these skills do you think it was just something that he worked on? I know you said it was natural, but something that he grew into? Or it, this was just a player that had this God-given no, ability to he, he be... Was just
2: one of those players that had all that. Yeah. You know, Jackie would have played on the streets. He would have played in 7 sides and stuff like that. And that was a big... Believe it or not, it was one of the big things of developing um, young players at the time was there were just so many 7 sides during the summer. Yeah. And you would go in, and because there was no age limit... You could have been a 17, 18-year-old playing with 30-year-olds and stuff like yeah. that. And you gained a lot of experience by playing in these 7 a They were a lot tighter pitches. You had to be a bit quicker and all the rest of that. And I think just when you look at it now, as I said you earlier on, I think a lot of a lot of stuff is being coached out of players. A lot of ability is being coached out of players. They're not being allowed to express themselves enough. I think when you're sort of 10 to 14 or 10 to 15, there should be no trophies involved. There should be just go out there and play a game yeah. and express yourself as much as you can and coaches do their input into it but allow players to be who they are instead of
0: this thing but by the book I want to talk to you about one of the standout games in your career in Bohemians as a club's history and I guess in Jackie Jamison's personal history it's the game against Rangers at Daily Mount very little footage exists from football in the league back then and almost all of this game has been lost The entire game away in Ibrox Has also yeah. been lost as well You were saying um, Talk to us about that night Because that was the night Where Bowles stood up as a club And Jackie really embraced The big stage Even though Again he wasn't doing it for himself He wasn't doing it to be a superstar He just let his talent shine Talk to us about that game Yeah
2: The, the game itself was um, Like The build up to it Was absolutely fantastic Where The club itself it Was fantastic To have Rangers coming over And all the rest of that The crowd incredible. Everything was incredible and everything was set up for to be a good night. Now like that again we thought it was going to be a really difficult night, which it turned out it was very difficult. They were very good players, a lot of internationals playing for them and stuff like that. And um we were only five or ten minutes into the game and we thought, well, wow, this is going okay for us. We're, we're holding our own type of thing. Like you know and then they had scored and scored twice and then, you know, Rocky had scored then. And it sort of brought us into the game a little bit more. And then Rocky got another one. And then we start growing in a bit of confidence. And all during that period of time, Jackie was absolutely outstanding up front, absolutely outstanding uh, power on the on the right, done very well as well. Um there was sort of sort of so many individual performances that were at a higher level that night, that made it what it was. And Jackie, I suppose, was the best of the lot that night. And um, Jock Wallace, you know, acknowledged it, came into the dressing room said what a good player he was straight over to him shook his hand and then we went to Ibrox and the same happened over there and we said Jackie we play Jackie up on his own and three of them marked him and he absolutely destroyed the three of them on his own Is what it one th-
0: of the great pit- sorry Dan is it one of the great pities of Irish football that we never saw Jackie play for Ireland or at a higher stage and oh, we've abs- already said abs- he had the opportunity to go yeah.
2: but I think the, uh, the great pity along the way was that there was never enough Thrown at the League of Ireland back then, yeah. Even with regards uh, media-wise or television-wise or anything like that, to promote it any further than what it, what it went to, which it could have been better than what it was. But you know, it is what it is. And I suppose if you look back even further again, you know, they'd say the same thing in their area. You know, different areas, yeah. different times. Like you know, same problems though. Same problems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely the same problems. Like you know, it's a little bit better now because a lot more. Media attention to the footballers now, and you know, you can get a little better better insight to players and see what they're doing, see how their training is. Nobody ever went to a training session in in Dublin, like you know what I mean, to see how players were, interviewed them, or anything. Everything was done on the Sunday, and that was it, you know, and that was it for the week then, and then the following match, and then you might get interviewed that week, and that was it done then. But there was never anything in between it, really, you know, and players were never you know it costed to come to do this or do that or the other it Was the manager would give the interview mostly Yeah. you know the odd time the players would give the interview mostly the, it would be the, the manager would be interviewed after the game obviously
0: the focus of this piece was Jackie but I want to talk to you about you as well because you had a fantastic night that night and you made yourself a Dublin icon by scoring <laughs> against Rangers and Aidan Fitzmaurice said it in the piece we did in the build up to this that you know people get into your cab and they say Gino Lawless yeah. scored against Rangers do you enjoy that do you like that
2: it is good, but like that again it, there was probably other goals that I scored that were probably more well probably not yeah. more important, but more enjoyable we say, yeah, you know, um, but I mean say that goal just epitomized the whole night that was in it, yeah, trouble in the crowd, the match was stopped, and all this sort of stuff, like you know what I mean, there was so much went on in that game, it was unbelievable, like you know, and then to win it was just amazing it, it's special yeah.
0: though for a footballer I imagine because oh, there's a the lot of was the yeah. worst
2: team that ever came was the interweb because <laughs> I mean say when I hit that goal I was in my own half <laughs> and now I'm just outside the
0: box <laughs> <laughs> um, debunking the legend via via the internet um what about the, the, you say that you scored other great goals but the thing about that goal was is it was a great moment that oh, people always saying. yeah yeah people always remember and it kind of it puts you on a on a kind of a, a, it put you on a platform that maybe other players who'd won more than you did, that had scored more than you yeah. did, yeah. Oh, absolutely. They, they kind of they wouldn't have that level of recognition yeah. that you did. So, yeah. do, do you kind well, of are you grateful
2: like, for? It's, it? it's like everything else. It's when it's it's seen and viewed by TV. Yeah. More people see it, and more people, yeah, you know, appreciate it and all the rest of. that Whereas most of the other stuff you do, is never yeah. ever seen. You know, And like you say, people would have scored better goals than I've ever
0: scored, better players than I've ever scored, but it's never been seen. Would you swap that goal for a league medal?
2: Um, Yeah, now keep in mind, Now keep in mind, if
0: you didn't have that goal, there'd be a, a whole bunch of people who mightn't know of you. You wouldn't quite have that iconic status. So yeah. I, uh, think about that before yeah. you answer the question. No,
2: league, league medals were yep. are hard to come by then.
0: You're a winner. I, I like that Dan. That's the difference. <laughs> this like man to. wants this man wants the rewards <laughs> I would of like <laughs> of teamwork. He wants the medal, words. <laughs> I just want the glory. You've mentioned yeah. you've mentioned there about
1: crowd trouble, the game being stopped. At that time and with everything that came with it, what was it like playing in IBrox?
2: Yeah, IBROX was a totally different experience because um the, first of all, the far end of the go far end of the park was just designated for the bow supporters and it yeah. was you know, maybe a Hundred people went or something like that, maybe less. I don't know. Um, but then when we went out onto the pitch, they sent up this huge hissing noise, like a snake, s- okay. s- as you walk out. You know, and you experience something like that was amazing, really. You know, and then what happened was we had frustrated them in the first half, and they were actually booed off the park by their own supporters mm. going in half halftime. And we thought, yeah, gee, we could nearly you do could do this. it here. You know, yeah. we could nearly do this. And as the match went on, I think it was only seven or eight minutes to go and it was still at nil all. And they were still getting booed off the park. And uh, I must say it was fantastic to be able to do do something like that to to a team. And then they got a free kick outside the box. They scored from that. So that made it three all. So we had to push... People forward for the mm. last few minutes, and we got caught again. But yeah. at that stage, it was it was over, really. You know,
1: was it the most intimidating place you ever played?
2: Um, definitely one of the most intimidating places. Yeah.
1: Um, Milton on a bad day. Ah no
2: no, <laughs> I mean to say you could take what Milton threw at you. Know, I mean yeah. say, a lot of it was you know tongue and cheek yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, the, the the ironic thing about Ibrox was that um, the players never shook your hand. You know, the players just walked off. Because then we just found out was that they couldn't be seen shaking hands with a Catholic. Yeah. And, well, you know, that was strange to us to walk over to somebody and put your hand out and they just yeah. walk by you, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, that's...
0: Yeah. I should clarify by the way I said would you rather a league medal I should have said another league you medal because obviously to you, go you, with the other you, one exactly exactly <laughs> yeah
2: did you not win two? Oh, I won two yeah ah, so yeah, there we go yeah, see I do yeah, know my history yeah.
0: um, that was with Dundalk, Dundalk who Dundalk, you moved to yeah, in 1986 yeah. well that
2: was one of the reasons why I did yeah. leave Bowes at the time with Billy and I had spoken to Billy about that about us moving on and it was a, I was actually captain of the team at the time and it was we were losing we were losing players every year to Rovers, like Rovers became Boats became sort of like a nursery yeah. for Rovers with Jacko and Duel and all these players Liam O'Brien and all We I mean see, these were all Bose players originally and because you know one thing and another and Bose weren't didn't fancy paying out players or whatever the players just left because they were getting better deals you know better deals up in Derry better deals in Rovers and you know unfortunately that's what that happened with Bose, you know and I thought, well, if this continues, we're never going to win anything. Like you know what I mean. So I decided then I to go for Rovers or Dundalk, and I ended up with Dundalk.
1: Have you been impressed by what you've seen with Bowes this season? Obviously, a, a, a slowish start, but um, they've improved in recent weeks.
2: Yeah, I think Bowes will take two or three years to to sort of um, to come back to any sort of status in the league again. Um, will
1: Keith Long get that long though?
2: Well, you see, this would be a thing that I would a criticism of Bowes that I would have had over the years. That Bows have got rid of too many managers and not given managers enough time. I mean, so the, yeah. t- the prime example is Stephen Kenny. Who? What's he ever done? <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen. Who? Yeah. yeah. Was well, that the guy that was in Europe for a while? That's yeah. right. Yeah. Too, yeah. So did I rid at Kilmarnock? Yeah. Terry got rid of, them, um, Dundalk or uh, Rovers, Robert, and yeah. and you just you know you've got to give managers a bit of chance. They can't turn around things. It's not like they're looking at England and you know get rid of managers after six months and. You know, there's a lot of many managers. Rovers have gone through already. But, um, no, I think you need to give somebody your time because a guy coming in like Keith would have to have a two- or three-year programme that he that he wants to run, that he can develop something that went into. He can't develop the team in six months. Yeah. You yeah. know, and Ro- and Bows and other clubs, they have to be, you know, allowed managers that little space of time to say, well, look, you've had a two-year, three-year contract. It hasn't happened. Yeah. Off you go. But if you're going to do it after six or 12 weeks, you know, it's
0: wrong. Do you know? Just before we let you go, we'll we'll finish where we started with um, your friend Jackie, your ex-teammate. Um, what's your kind of standout memory of them? Is there any one story that you can you can tell us about Jackie that kind of jumps out of your mind that stands out in your mind?
2: Well, one of the more lighter ones would have been at the at the Christmas party, and um, you know everybody was have merry and singing songs and all the rest of that, and you know went to Jackie to sing a song. And Jackie broke out with jingle
0: bells, jingle <laughs> bells. <laughs> and it just started to. Try. Was he a good man for practical jokes as well? I, I uh, saw one of the documentaries he, that he was, used to cut right. holes in socks and things.
2: Yeah, he was well, yeah, I, I was probably one of the instigators of that. I used to do that. You know, pe- everyone would go out for the warm up, yeah, and you know, when they were out there, I would cut the, the toes off the socks or the middle of your jocks, so I just pull up like a skirt and you know, and then I'd have to cut my own. So when i come back in and say, look at what they've done, who's this? <laughs> well we, yeah, if we had a bit we had a bit of fun, like, you know, a bit yeah. of fun.
1: We've yeah. spoken about sort of how Jackie tried to stay away from the from the limelight and obviously this week would have been his 60th birthday. Yeah. If he was still around and listened to this, do you think this would be a conversation he'd hate listening to, with everyone sort of focusing specifically on him and praising how good a player he was?
2: No, I don't think he would have a problem with it. Um he probably wouldn't engage in it. Yeah. You know, but he wouldn't have a problem listening. I mean, so Jackie Jackie obviously read about himself in the papers, like we so. all all yeah. would read it in the papers and stuff like that. So he no, he would have uh, he enjoyed it. I think you know he enjoyed football, he enjoyed everything that went around with football. But he was just a private, a private person. That's all, and nobody really got into how Jackie lived after he went outside the Daily Month. And as they did with any player, like who goes home after somebody else? You know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. It's only if you live close enough to people that you you might meet them during the season or off season or something but once we went home we had lives to do to and yeah. work to do yeah. after that you know so you know it's very yeah very difficult
0: and his loyalty to Bowes, 81 to 1990 unfortunately didn't win anything with them yeah is that what made him the iconic figure that he is the cult well, figure there, that he is because
2: there's another guy that didn't move for trophies either like you know he stayed he could have went to any club and won trophies but he decided to stay with, with Bowes and give his life to Bowes and yeah. his football career to Bowes and i talking to Billy Young afterwards, and Billy was telling me the amount of letters that he used to write to Bose, and asked him could he play and play for nothing, you know, and that was, you know, yeah, fantastic, you know.
0: That's but amazing that he offered to play for nothing oh after yeah, he was done. Yeah,
2: he would have played for he would have played for Bose for absolutely nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. Money meant nothing to
2: Jackie. Let me say when we talk about money, it mean anything? We meant very little. Jackie wasn't playing for money. Yeah. Jackie, you know, the contract was there, was there, but you know, if you said the can, you know, if we no money this week, Jackie was Jackie. was I don't mind I'd I'd play you know money meant nothing
0: to Jackie really Jackie wasn't in it for money Jackie played for the love of the game really Gino really appreciate your time thanks very much for dropping into us and thanks for sharing your memory um, your memories of your friend and ex-teammate the great man Jackie Jameson absolutely thank you very much indeed Dan The fixtures this week If you please Yes O'Shane There are
1: six games This week Uh, Derry are back in action It'll be very interesting And poignant To see how they get on They are at home To Bray Wanderers In McGinn Park At 7.45 Dundalk take on Drogheda in the Light Derby At half seven In Oriel Park Also uh, back to 7.45 It's Bohemians Against St. Pat's In Dalymount Galway take on Sligo Rovers At 7.45 In Eamon DC Park
0: And it's Limerick Against Cork City At Markets Field (laughs) you mentioned Derry there I want to say by the way fair play to Patrick McElhenney and Conor McCormick who were the ultimate pros last weekend uh, coming up against each other on yeah. either team I'm sure there was more ex-players from Derry as well and guys who would have played with Ryan McBride but those are the two that jump out because I actually spoke to Conor afterwards Conor went up to the funeral he's a, a former teammate of Ryan McBride played with him at Derry can't have been an easy week for him but um, I think he went about his job in the, the best way, way he could. his friend would have wanted yes. to and the same with McElhenney so fair play to them to those guys. And also one other fixture in
1: the Premier Division that's at eight o'clock in Tallis Stadium. It is Shamrock Rovers against Finn
0: Harps Well, in the first division on Friday night at Lone Take On Cabin Teeley Shelburne up against Wexford, Cove meeting UCD on the Saturday night. Also Saturday, Longford against Waterford. That one kicks off, by the way, at seven thirty at City Calling Stadium. They're off at seven fifteen in Coleman's Park. The two Friday night fixtures off at seven forty five. Waterford United on top vehicle Waterford. difference. Sorry, that's right, yeah. Waterford. Yes, 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 you're yeah, right. Waterford FC on top on goal difference there on 10 points. UCD second also on 10 points. Cabin third on nine points. And Cove Ramblers fourth on eight points. Shelburne fifth on six. At Lone, uh, sixth on six. Longford seventh on four. And Wexford eighth on two. I spoke to the uh, Cove manager, Stephen Henderson, very briefly after the Ireland match during the week. He, as part of the Pro Licence, along with all the other Pro Licence candidates, had to go to Martin O'Neill's press conference. It was something to do with their course. They had to see how a press conference works. Uh, He said, uh, this is a great yoke. He was referring to the podcast. He said, the guy who does it with you is very good. Richie, last year I assume. I assume that's what he meant, yeah. but he just Hendo would not give me the compliment. Of course he wouldn't, but that because uh, I Hendo, was slagging him last week.
1: Hendo to me is Dan Murray to you. <laughs> uh, one thing I didn't mention was the Premier Division table. Uh, yeah. I'll just go through it quickly. Cork, obviously six wins from six, they're top on eighteen points. Derry and uh, Dundalk are uh, six points behind, but it's worth knowing that Derry do have those two games in hand. Derry have won four from four. Fourth place is Bulls on nine points. Bray, are, uh, sorry. Bulls are on 10 points Bray are on 9 Finn Harps are on 8 Limerick on 7 Shamrock Rovers and Andrade on 6 St. Pats and Slugger Rovers on 4 and Galway propping up the table on 2 points but it's also worth yep. noting that Galway have played a game less than every almost everyone else
0: We send our best wishes to Derry who are back on the pitch this week it's not going to be easy but you just know they're going to go about it the way Ryan McBride would have wanted them to go about it Best of luck guys we're still thinking of you and we're still thinking of Ryan McBride's family and friends at this really tough time. Uh, as always, if you want to get him, you can get him via. At uh, It's Misha Daniel. And Twitter. you can get me on at Oshin Langan. We should return at the normal time next week. We'll be back on Tuesday. Until then, take care.
1: Bye.